From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my my puppy dog's (laughs) name. Uh, Who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a cool ant that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, My son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like He thought it was really cool. Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my, I want to say I got this. I've used that already, Brie. What are you today? I am um, cautiously, (laughs) I would say I'm cautiously optimistic today. Cautiously optimistic, Brie. Ooh, that's a, okay, so first introduce you, caustic. (laughs) <laughs> cautiously optimistic Brie. Hello. Hello, everybody. How are you? Okay, now why cautiously optimistic? Because my daughter's school is closed today. Oh my gosh, this is the best story. You should really tell this story. <laughs> my daughter's school is closed today because so many kids caught the stomach flu. Oh my gosh, but you have to tell it from the beginning. Tell that them. they had to close the school. So yes, yeah, so let, me, let me back this up. So like I, I picked my daughter up two days ago from school. And she's totally fine. Whatever. We, we we do our normal things. She goes to her youth group at church that night. And uh, I bring her home and I ask her if she wants to hang out. She's like, ah, I don't feel so good. I'm going to go to bed. I'm tired. I'm like, okay, cool. She's making a responsible choice, right? One o'clock in the morning. Vomiting, right? Which is awful as and, a parent. And it went, yeah. And it went on from like one until like four in the morning. So I was up all night with her. And my daughter's like 13. So I'm just trying to be supportive as best I can. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. There wasn't much for mom to do except for hold a bucket and rubber back. Yeah, just be there. But so we had that going on all night. And then I called her out sick the next day. And then about 10 o'clock in the morning the next day, I get a text from the school. All sports are canceled after school. And I'm like, great, because she just made the volleyball team. And I was worried about her missing practice. This is so perfect. I'm so happy. As the day goes on, text comes out two hours later. The campus will not be open tomorrow. I'm like, what Which is, is going on? Bizarre. Right? So bizarre. And they're like, we'll send an email. I'm like, okay. And Joanne's sitting there watching this whole thing unfold with me. I'm all like, I wonder what's going on. So then I call my daughter who's at home with with uh, with her stepdad. And I'm like, hey, just want to let you know school is canceled for tomorrow for some reason. And she's like, yeah, I already know, mom, because she's 13, right? <laughs> and I'm like, well, how do you know? She's like, yeah, my friend already texted me that it was awful at school today. People were just puking everywhere. Oh, my God. And I'm like, what? Isn't there a movie scene like that where people are like, like as time goes on, I hear from people that it was like a scene from a movie, like (laughs) teachers were teaching and then just in the middle of class, like the nurse's office was overflowing. They just had kids sitting in the hallway with trash cans because they couldn't do anything. And then I find out later that that day when my daughter was out sick, right, because she had gotten it the night before, Mm -hmm. they had had 
40 kids and one grade alone call out sick. All the admin staff. So they have they have one principal and two assistants all out sick. Oh, my God. 10 teachers called out sick, not counting the 25 teachers and students they had to send home for vomiting in class. That is unbelievable. I'm so I hope this doesn't make anybody queasy, but it's just like that has been my life the last 24 <laughs> hours. And I'm just like, and I'm sitting here like as far away from Joanne as possible because I'm, I'm still like, Ugh, I don't know how this is going to go. Oh my goodness. But I've never seen a, I've never, and I've worked for two different school districts plus a, plus a charter district. I have never seen the stomach flu take down a school so fast. No, Never. <laughs> that it's insane. It reminds me of the stories that used to happen on cruise ships about like norovirus. And, well, that's like, what I kept thinking. It had to be something yeah. like that. But I, I don't know. So oh, anyway, so I'm cautiously optimistic that I am going to not catch the stomach. Cautiously flow. optimistic. Good. I will be cautiously optimistic with you because I am like, I think about a foot away from you right now. <laughs> I know. I tried so. to turn my mic the other way. <laughs> I'm trying to help her people. I'm trying to help protect her. <laughs> yeah. I want to say like famous last words. Like I'm, I'm just not a thrower upper, but famous last words that could be. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> moving on to non-stomach queasy uh, topics. We have a great guest for you today. Oh uh, my gosh, this episode was phenomenal. Yeah, Heather Hansen. She's a self-advocacy expert. She's an on-air legal analyst. She's author and award-winning trial attorney. Uh, through her coaching practice and her books, Heather shares how you can use the tools of a trial attorney to ask for what you want, which I like because my v- vision of trial attorneys is everything I've watched in movies. And I'm not out of order. You're, you're out, out of, of order. I you feel, can't handle the truth. I feel like if you had those skills, you could pretty much get everything you want. Yeah, maybe. I, I bet you I bet you could. But yeah. I mean, you know, again, like with Heather, though, like she she does talk about that. Like it's all about portray- portraying the story or the narrative that you want to have happen and how you can use that to speak up for what you need. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, especially as I'm going to say, like as my mom persona, I feel like it's my job to have everything together mm-hmm. and to know what all's going on and to handle it all myself. Oh, yeah. And that's it is it. so hard to advocate it, for help when I need it. Yep. It's a, da- it's a dangerous thing that I think a lot of moms fall into, that we have to handle it all. And asking for help becomes a shameful thing rather than something that is totally necessary in life. Right. So this interview with Heather, uh, we have tips for you. Heather has tips for you that's going to help you out. Uh, She's written two books and is the host of the Elegant Warrior podcast with Heather Hansen. And we hope you enjoy our talk with Heather. So Brie, we have something amazing coming up for No Guilt Mom. Uh, it is our first ever summit, the Happy Mom Summit. Woo! And I am so happy about the Happy Mom oh, Summit. And no, I really am. I, I legit, I wish you guys could see my face right now. Like, I am genuinely stoked for this. It is going to be an amazing event. And it is unlike other summits because if you've ever been to a summit before, you might have felt overwhelmed with how much information is just thrown at you. This is, we have carefully curated it you are going to start the beginning of the summit overwhelmed maybe as you are in your daily life and you're going to end with like this plan for self-care and feeling more at peace and like we hear from many moms like having that permission for self-care without feeling guilty Yes, we have picked some amazing, amazing speakers. We have over 20 speakers from all across the parenting, um, empowerment, uh, women's movement gamut. You can go and see all the speakers at happymomsummit.com and make sure to sign up for the wait list so that you know the minute 
that registration is available. Again, that's happymomsummit.com and we have a link in the show notes. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast, Heather. We are so excited for you to be here. I'm so excited to be on with you. I so appreciate the opportunity. And I love it that you are a fellow podcast host and you were a former trial attorney too. So I am super excited about this conversation and everything that you can teach us about women and advocating for themselves, for, for ourselves, because that's something that I feel like a lot of moms in particular struggle with because it's always the family first and the kid first. Yeah, it's a really good point that the thing that I have seen and that research actually backs up is that women, especially moms, are really good at advocating for their family members. Every mom listening, I bet you are a phenomenal advocate for your children. You will do anything. You have the mama bear thing going on. And that's great. But you can use some of those tools that you're using to advocate for your kids and start advocating for yourself. And maybe today I can give you some ideas that might help you to be a better advocate for your kids and for yourself. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about your story? Sure. So as you mentioned, I'm a trial attorney. I started uh, as in my firm where I still am a partner um, when I was in law school and I defended doctors in medical malpractice cases and I loved it and I was really good at it and I did it for over 20 years and I was really good at advocating for my clients just as I just said, women are good at advocating for others. And I was awesome at it. And I loved my job until I didn't. And then I was unhappy and I was in an unhappy relationship. And I knew there were all these things I wanted to do. Like I wanted, I was having opportunities to be on television as a legal analyst. And I wanted to do more of that. I wanted to write a book. I wanted to start a podcast. I wanted to move from Philadelphia to New York City. All of these things that I knew I wanted and I wasn't asking for them. I certainly wasn't advocating for them and I wasn't advocating for myself. And I had this aha epiphany when I was bawling in my car before a TV hit that I had to start advocating for myself as well as I did for other people. And that took some time and it took really embracing these tools and it took really embracing that I was worth my own advocacy. Yes. And I did, everything changed. I ended that relationship. I started moving away from practicing law and into writing the books. I wrote two, starting the podcast, doing the television. I became an anchor. I moved to New York City. I did all of the things and more once I started advocating. I love that. That's amazing. And I like how you describe it. Like you come to one particular breakdown. And I think that's so common in a lot of people when they make a huge change in their lives, you just get to the point where like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is enough. Like I can't live like this anymore. And I need to make some kind of change. I I hate though, that sometimes we have to get to that. We have to get to that rock bottom, that, that awful, awful place before we make that change. It's just, I wish that it would. Well, it seems like this is something that you work on Heather. Like you help us get to that point before we have to hit rock bottom. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company, helping people heal with natural non-toxic medical grade ingredients. 
So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like streetcar tracks, and my bike's tire, like, went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just, like, skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me nothing at all and it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing and active (laughs) skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid when applied to the skin the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse soothe irritation reduce inflammation and support healing i've used it on my son's mosquito bites and i wish i would have had it the time i totally scraped up my hands Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com dot com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code no guilt. Hey all, it is Joanne and Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Yeah. Well, and I think that the rock bottom thing, I don't know that I hit rock bottom. I, I If I did, um, I'm glad because it wasn't as that bad, right? It was, a, it was a moment of realization for sure. But I think that for part of it for women, and I work with a lot of women, I give my primary thing that I do is keynotes, but a lot of times women come up to me afterwards and they say, I don't know what I want. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part, right? Like we don't, you know, we don't allow ourselves to go for what we want because we don't know what we want or we think we don't know what we want. I think a lot of times we know what we want and we're not willing to admit it. You know, yes. it seems too big a stretch. It's too big a reach. But I think that once you recognize what you want and you're willing to own it to yourself, then you can start using the tools to advocate for it. And it's so much easier than you think it is. 
Right? Yes. It's funny. Cause I, I talk about this with my mom a lot because my mom was, you know, she, she raised me, my sister, my dad's at home, but it was pretty much like the typical situation where she worked a job and then she came home and she also did all the housework and my dad didn't really help with the housework. So that now that us kids are out of the house and she's just taking care of my dad and she's still taking care of my dad. And I'm like, mom, what do you find fun? And she's like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what I find fun. And it's so, so hard. It's such a, that's a whole topic, right? I'm a huge fan yes. of Glennon Doyle and yes. she has a podcast <laughs> mm -hmm. and she did a whole episode on fun and not knowing what's fun. And, um, and I really, it really resonated with me because I have to, it's something I'm actively been working on, Joanne. Like what is, what do I consider fun? And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the things that I consider fun have to do with work right now. I'm obsessed. Yep with teaching women to advocate. And so that's fun for me, but it's also my job. And so I'm actively like, I'm going to learn to play pickleball. I've decided to play, to, to spend more time in the museums here in Philadelphia. You know, I am making a list of the things to explore. I'm not even sure, I think pickleball will be fun. I'm not even sure that I'm gonna find walking around museums fun. I've never really done that before. But yeah. I think that we women, especially, if you don't know how to have fun, you have to start experimenting and testing and getting curious, which is one of the tools of an advocate, you know, questions, being curious, asking yourself questions. What do I consider fun is a great start. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. Like, like you, I feel like work is my fun because it brings you like, like it brings me such joy to like help people and like help people realize like they don't have to feel this way as moms or feel like the shame that they do as moms. But like, it's really hard for me to close my office door and step away from my computer and like go out and enjoy the world because I'm like, my fun is right here. <laughs> right. Right. And we're blessed to have that, right? We're lucky because yes. so many people don't enjoy their work that way. And yet I do think that the more that you know, things like, what do I like? What do I consider fun? What do I enjoy? The more, you know, what you want, and then it's mm -hmm. easier to advocate for it because you know. Yes. Yes, definitely. Like I know Bree has gone through a similar situation with finding things that are fun as well. Well, I, I think that's where I came from that whole like rock bottom thing. Like I had a point where there were big changes in my life and I suddenly, everything that I defined myself as everything that I thought that I did for fun was gone. And it was like, okay, what, what do I enjoy doing? And it, it was just like what you just said. I had to ask myself those questions and one question of like, well, I, I like, you know, music. Why don't I try going to concerts? I haven't done that in 25 years, <laughs> you know? And then like, and now I just, I will, I go all over the place to go to concerts. Cause it's like something that brings me passion and I'm excited about it. But I had to hit that point of being really scared and sad and thinking to myself, I don't even know who I am anymore mm -hmm. to be able to. And then also that's where I learned. I was also in a not so great relationship either. And I had to learn how to advocate for myself because I had no idea how to say, this is what I want and, and to be able to handle whatever came back That's from right. saying That's that hard. statement. That's a really good point, Brie, because a lot of times we don't ask for what we want because we're afraid the answer is going to be no. Or yes. laughing or that's yeah. selfish, right? Mm -hmm. Like right. hearing those things that make us feel worse about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I think that we have to be willing to take those types of answers and know that they might come. You know, you're not always going to get an immediate yes. 
I think that there are ways to just keep going around that. You know, you just keep going for the yes. And it might not be that relationship or that job or that endeavor or that class for your kids. I mean, there's so many things that we want for the people around us as well. And we, you know, we advocate for those things. But I think that, you know, being willing to understand that a failure, I had BJ Fogg on my podcast. He's the author of a book called Tiny Habits. And one of the things he said that always resonates with me is mistakes are just discoveries. And so I always think of it that way. Like when I get a no, it's just a discovery as well. This didn't ask, this ask didn't work, or I didn't advocate in the right way. I didn't know enough about what I call my jury, which is anyone that you want to persuade. And so, you know, I think that the no's are really great guidance if we let them be. Yeah. So once you know what you find fun and you know to kind of, you know, expect those no's, how else can we advocate for ourselves before we have to hit that like rock bottom point? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that we have to recognize is what's what's the definition of advocate, right? So the, the definition in the, in the dictionary is to publicly support something. The definition that I use is to help people choose what you want them to choose. So in the courtroom, for me, there's a jury who's listening to two completely different stories about the same set of facts. And the other side wants them to choose their story and I want them to choose my story. And so I help them choose what I want them to choose. But let's take a mom. This is a very simple example that I often use when I talk to moms. You want your kids to eat their vegetables, right? You are advocating for vegetables. (laughs) You want them to choose what you want them to choose. You want to help them to do that. They have choice, you know, and that's why elegance is one of the tools of an advocate and it's the first tool. The root of the word elegance is to choose. It's the same root as the word elect. And so I think that, you know, we take a big step back from this conversation. We have to recognize that we are always at choice. So you get to choose what is fun. You get to choose what you want. You get to choose what you would like your kids to choose, but they have choices as well. And so advocating is simply using all of these tools and using what you have at your disposal to help them to choose what you want them to choose. And so I think that when you look at it that way, it becomes a whole lot easier. And then I think the primary thing that helps is seeing things from your jury's perspective. So if it's choosing vegetables, you have to see things from your kid's perspective. How do they look at vegetables? How can you make them see vegetables differently? Maybe they're like one particular vegetable, so that's the one you can give them. Maybe if you make it into a game where you say, let's pretend that these vegetables are soldiers that you have to put into your tummy so that they can fight off any bad bugs that might make you sick. You know, like just different ways to see things from your kid's perspective so that you can help them to make that choice. I love, I love that. I love that in terms of the vegetables too, because you know, that is a frequent argument. <laughs> I just made tortellini soup last night and it had a lot of great veggies in it. And then it had that refrigerated cheese tortellini from the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My daughter's like, this is so good. And she ate all the tortellini and it's yeah. still there. <laughs> yeah. So and she's like 12. And she's like, <laughs> All the veggies still piled up at the bottom. I get it. She's like, who wants my slop? I'm like, that is not slop. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? You brought up a great point. Like advocacy is such an important tool to have, not only for ourselves for our happiness, but also as a parenting tool, if you've got a tween or a teen. Oh yeah. You know, any kid. Totally. Totally. But especially those, because you're like, 
they have choices and I really want to get them to veer in this general direction. <laughs> well, that's it. Well, I, I coach a woman who, and usually we're coaching on advocating for their ideas, their pocketbooks and less on these things, but these small things are what give you the tools to advocate for the big thing. So she was right. really frustrated last winter because her teenage boy wouldn't wear a coat to school. And oh. so we talked a lot about that. Like, how can you help him choose to wear a coat to school. And the other part of that that's really important for moms is how can you choose to see this battle differently? Right. Because if you think the battle over a coat is like, I have to win or he has to win. And if I don't win on this and I'm not in power, you know, all of these thoughts that we have, I think that that's why elegance is such an important tool because recognize that you can choose your thoughts. And I know that's hard. And I know sometimes it's hard to believe, but we always have another story we can tell ourselves. That's why I talk a lot about in the book about your inner jury, which is the part of you that chooses. And that's the part that you always want to advocate to first. So before you start trying to convince your teenage boy to wear his coat, you might want to convince yourself to take it a little less seriously and to make it little, a little less of a big deal. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's a really good point because like thinking about advocating for yourself as a mom, um, we have this cruise coming up that we're going on and my thought process around the whole thing, like it's been a really, really hard thing for me to wrap my head around because I have never gone away from my family for this long on something that is personal. Like I've always been able to justify business 
but this is just like a girl's trip with friends. And the thoughts I was telling myself is that, you know, this is so selfish. Like, I can't believe I'm leaving my family behind. And that's something that I can switch and be like, this is going to be like restoring and right. I'm going to come back happier, more fulfilled. And it's showing my daughter she could do this when she's older. Oh, there's so many other stories, right? So that's one of the things I, you know, I always say the inner jury is the part of you that chooses. And Joanne, you had this nasty attorney in your head saying you're selfish, you're rude, you're leaving your kids, you're going to not wear their coats and not eat their vegetables, right? You have like this whole story there. You want to give so much, (laughs) right? And you want to give the other attorney a story, right? And then Evidence, you know, I always say belief is a story that you back up with evidence. So you want to give it evidence to support that story. So as Bree just pointed out, you know, you're going to come back rested. You're going to come back happy. You're going to come back more creative. You're going to come back more patient. And then you can collect data, you know, look for articles that say that moms are so much healthier when they come back from a vacation. Kids do fine and love it when their moms are away because they appreciate them more when they come back. And I'm sure you could find data to support that. But you want to give that, I call it the positive attorney in your head, evidence and stories and all the tools of an advocate to be able to persuade the part of you that chooses to choose that story. You're totally right. I need to think of like the nasty attorney versus the positive attorney. (laughs) I like that visual. That's right. (laughs) What um, you mentioned one other tool in your book, credibility. How does credibility help you advocate? So, you know, I'm obsessed with credibility because in the courtroom, if the jury doesn't believe me, I can't win. I can be smart, I can be funny, I can be cute, I can be kind, I can be everything I wanna be, but if they don't believe me, I can't win. And if your jury, whether it's your kids, your boss, your husband, your clients, your customers, if they don't believe you, your listeners, you know, our listeners right now, they're our jury, if they don't believe you, you can't win. And so credibility is paramount. And it also is really important when we talk about that inner jury. If you don't believe you, you can't win. You know, I always say as far as proving it to the outside world, to the outside jury, you can't prove it until you believe it. You always go first. And so building credibility takes things like making promises and keeping them, setting expectations and meeting them. And the fastest way to build credibility is is when you can't, when you can't keep a promise or you can't meet an expectation, you own it. That shoots your credibility through the roof, right? If you've told your kids, yes, we're going to go to this amusement park on Saturday and something happens and you can't, you say, I know I told you we could, I made a mistake or this happened in the outside world. I, I am so sorry that we can't go and I'll make it up to you, but you have the right to be upset. It's a bummer. You know, you own it and you build so much credibility rather than I never told you for sure, or I wasn't, you know, trying to make yourself sort of feel better. And I've seen that time and time again in the courtroom. When a witness owns something that they've done, the jury believes them. Because if they're willing to say that, what else are they willing to say that's true? I love that. There's so many things in that statement right there, right? Like you're, you are admitting that you're fallible, that we make mistakes and we can learn from them and we can move forward. You're, mm-hmm. you're um, giving your child like the right to ha- letting them know that like, I respect your, your feelings. I understand them. Right. They're valid. Yep. So yep. much in that conversation. I, I feel like I own it a lot because I make a lot of mistakes and expectations. I try, to, <laughs> I, I try to like all the time, like, and I try to make like, cause you know, me, I, everything has to yeah. be a funny spectacle with Brie. So like, if I mess up, <laughs> I'll be like, well, 
mom really messed up the pooch on that one. No. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't telling me all the ways that mom could have done that differently. And my kids will be the first ones to be like, oh, you could have done this, this, this. I'm like, yep, you are right. Let's try that next time. And you know what? By all means, by George, remind me of those things because that's phenomenal. That's, that's phenomenal. It's so, you know, being vulnerable with your children, you know, I'm sad too. You know, I think that that is, and you build so much credibility there. You know, you, you want your jury, your kids, if they're your jury, any of your jury to believe you when you tell them something, they believe it, believe in you and believe you can help them. And if you have all three, you've got credibility handled and it is going to be such an advantage to you when you're advocating. That is awesome. So like, out of all this today, what do you, what is the number one thing that moms can do to advocate more for themselves? Yeah. To get started on I that. Think that. I think the number one thing is to own it, own that you are your own best advocate and no one can do it for you time and time again in the courtroom. My clients would say to me, I wish you could do it for me, you know, just mm -hmm. as they're going on to testify. And that would be nice because sometimes I want to choose their words perfectly, but the jury wants to hear from them. And they have the talent and they have the passion and they have the experience and they have the smarts and you have the talent and the experience and the passion and the smarts. No one knows what you want better than you do. No one knows what you need better than you do. And I promise you, no one can do it better than you can. I couldn't do it better than you can. You are the best person to advocate for yourself and your children. That is a good, good thing to remember. And yes. I, I will be keeping that in mind. Uh, what, what's coming up for you, Heather, that you're excited about? I, you know, I'm really excited today because tonight I get to work. I do some work with dress for success. Oh, cool. And so every once in a yeah. while, I love them. I love their mission. I love what they do. And so tonight I'm actually doing an hour coaching with the women that I've been working with there. And that's been something I've been looking forward to ever since we scheduled it. So that's my thing today. As far as other things, you know, my podcast is growing. I have a podcast called the elegant warrior. That's also the name of my first book. And, um, I have some good interviews for that coming up as well, but, um, anytime that I can share this message, I am just delighted beyond measure. Well, that is awesome. We have loved, loved having you on. Thank you so much for joining us. I, I feel empowered. Yes. I I'm am, ready. I am like empowered and ready to start asking for more stuff today. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to hear what you ask for. I can't, I really do. I want to hear what you're advocating for. I'm wondering if margaritas are in our lunch plans today. Oh, very good. I think Bree needs to go. advocate for more, more margarita lunches. Mar yes. Yes. We missed margarita Monday. Monday. So we need margarita makeup Tuesday. Margarita. I'm going to advocate for that. Joanne, Tuesday. we need this. Yeah. Taco Tuesday with margarita on the side. There you go. There we yes. go. Right? I, make, I make a killer margarita. She so. does. Oh my goodness. Like oh. that's like for Christmas. She made me a little mason jar with a margarita and it was the best gift ever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I love it. Well, love thank it. you so much for joining us, Heather. It has been a blast and we are going to go advocate, obviously. Yes. <laughs> Good. Awesome. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. So Heather had so many tips for us on how we can use our own powers to self-advocate for ourselves. And as making mistakes as well. And that's part of the process. I know. I love how like when she says it, it feels so freeing that like, yeah, we can make mistakes. It's just learning and we move forward. But another thing too, that she really said that I, I loved and I know you did too, was just talking about the importance of 
having your own thing, having your own identity outside of being a mom, being a wife, being being all the things that we we stick ourselves into, like even like your career, you you have to have things outside of that mm-hmm. to be to feel fulfilled. Many of us do. There are I think there possibly are some people that are are happy for some time frame. But then something's going to happen in life that's going to change. Like we talked about my story in there. Yeah. You, if you get too comfortable in that, life changes. And then you're sitting there going like, what do I like to do? What it, What am I passionate about? And so, Something lasting that yeah. sticks with you throughout it. I don't even oh. know what that would be for me. Maybe like my reading, like my, my thrillers. I can always go back to my thrillers or... I will admit it's kind of hard right now because of, uh, let's just be honest, like we're in the post-COVID world yeah, or not post-COVID world. We're in the COVID we're world. We're in the COVID world trying to find like what you like to do now right. after being stuck inside for like two years. Right. Like <laughs> both of us were really avid outdoor people. Like yeah. we liked going outdoors and doing stuff. I love and, like, traveling. Right. And those are things that are really hard to do right now. So you're right. It is kind of redefining ourselves again in this in this time period. What is my thing? But also not, don't let go of what what you enjoy doing, even if it's harder to do right now. Just remember, you can still get back to it eventually. And don't worry if you are inconveniencing your family by doing what you like to do, because it's I know that needed. stops me a lot. I'm like, oh, but everybody else needs something. And if I go do this for myself, then they can't get it. Like if you have that little voice inside you, fight it. <laughs> <laughs> do the best. Yes. Do the best you can. From two people that have been told it. this by by professionals. Yes. <laughs> you need to do things for Take yourself. Take that little time. Yes. So until next time, remember the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you and we will see you later. Thanks for stopping by. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.